support. Curtis Fleming is there on the edge of the air. Fleming for That's Craig it. Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. Abanelli coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Abanelli spots out. Hello and welcome back to the Borough Breakdown podcast, the opposition show. In this episode, we'll be discussing all things Borough QPR ahead of Saturday's game. I'm delighted to be joined by Clive from Loft for Words. Clive, how are you doing? I'm good, I'm good. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm not too bad. I'm really intrigued about this one because I think that the first place to start really is what Borough fans are, are wanting, what everyone's wanting to know. What on earth happened to QPR last season? Because that fall-off was astronomical. I thought you were getting relegated at, at one point. Well, we really should have done, shouldn't we? Let's be honest. Um, yeah, so what did we do? Two wins out of 28 games at one stage. Um, it's pretty unheard of. It's three three managers again. And then just calmly went and won at Burnley, second last game from, from the end of the season and stayed up by so doing it that way. Classic championship, that, isn't it? Uh, yeah, we should have gone. Um Terrible team, like attitude, dressing room, absolutely all over the place. A whole load of loan signings that didn't want to be there. Um, just a, a horrible sort of collection of circumstances, most of which sort of driven by letting Mark Warburton go at the end of the previous season because you'd spent trying to push for promotion, hadn't got it. But I think if you looked over Mark Warburton's three years at QPR, you know, the the style of football was pretty decent. The direction of travel was was fine. And for the money that we've got to spend, the league positions that we were finishing in under him, which I think was 13th, 9th and 11th, that's basically where we should be in the championship. So you get rid of him because you spent a bit of money trying to go for promotion. He didn't get it. You bring in Mick Beale, the sort of shiny new thing and his amazing PowerPoint presentation. You let him add loads and loads of his own players, you know, even though you've got a director of football system. And he jumped ship at the first possible opportunity, which, by the sounds of things, he he was always going to do because he'd been for jo- he'd been for jobs even before he left for Rangers. So you then stuck with a load of players that don't want to be there, came to play for this guy, not interested in playing for QPR, and and just down tools like most of them didn't even play. Just ah, oh, my hamstrings tight. Six months, right? Okay, um, <laughs> just just phoned it in for the last six months of the season. Like, it's miraculous that we didn't go down. Absolutely miraculous, really. Yeah, that's interesting. That about the. A bit of a not singing from the same hymn sheet because I think Borough have been victims of that, particularly under Neil Warnock. But what is the general mood like amongst the QPR fans going into this season and so far this season? So I don't think I've ever known a summer at QPR where there's been, well, firstly, where the fans have been so completely unified in their view of how it was going to go. Because, like, you know, like every club on social media and whatever, there's factions and whatever. And also just unified in complete pessimism and misery about how this season was going to go down. Um, On top of everything else that happened last season, what we've got this year is the £20 million Debire Eze sale has rolled out of our three-year FFP calculation. But the the £25 million loss that we had chasing promotion in Mark Warburton's season is still there. So without selling a player for some serious money, and as you saw last season, our players aren't very good, Without selling someone for serious money, 
you've basically got to try and have a season where you lose nothing, basically, four to five million pounds, which without selling a player for 20 million pounds is very difficult for QPR because of Loftus Road and all the constraints and, and things like that. So we basically, we've had to, the team needs major surgery in all areas. Um, it's There isn't a single sort of real strength you could point to in the team that we couldn't do with at least a couple of signings in every position almost, but there's no FFP headroom to do it. So we've tried, we spent the summer trying to cobble together some sort of Gareth Ainsworth 11, people like Jack Colback, Steve Cook, Morgan Fox, Asmir Begovic. It's basically a sort of convalescence home for footballers you might have heard of 10 years ago. And uh, yeah, it's just like try and find three worse teams than us and, and get the hell out of Dodge really. And then the £25 million loss does roll out of the three-year calculation for next season. So there's, there'll be a bit more headroom to do things about it. But this season is obviously just going to be really, really difficult for us. What are your expectations for this season then? Is it simply just staying up? I don't, well, I don't expect that we will stay up. Um, I mean, no. I, am a, I, I am a miserable bastard at the best of times. So, <laughs> you know, that's fair enough. Um, yeah, I'd be surprised. I just the team, the team just, it doesn't have any strength in depth. It doesn't have goals in it. Um, it doesn't really have anything you would need to to compete over a 46 game championship season um, you know you look at the, we played Southampton at weekend and played really well and deserved to get something out of that game we are playing re, despite the results we've played quite well the last three or four games so I'm more hopeful than I was but it's still very firmly in are there three worse teams than us? So we're looking at Rotherham, although they've just spent a million quid on a striker today. I mean, that's where we are, that even Rotherham are doing that. Um, Huddersfield, maybe. I noticed Warnock was having a bit of a sound off today about them, and I didn't think it was a good idea him staying on, and I don't think he'll stay there very long. So I'm hoping for them, what, Rotherham, who else is down there and rubbish? That's the sort of situation we're in. Cardiff, maybe, although they've looked all right in a couple of games. Chef Wed. Um, Chef Wed, I mean, yeah, God bless Sheffield Wednesday. Um, they look so, yeah. absolutely ruined, to be honest. They Beauti- look really yeah, beautiful, beautiful. Like my best <laughs> mate, my best mate, Sheffield Wednesday as well, so I'm very thankful to them and him. So, yeah, that's basically the situation we're in. Can we find three teams that are worse than us? You know, has the team got just enough if it avoids injuries and loads of if buts and maybes to just to just keep above that dotted line? Yeah, but it's it's going to be really, really difficult. Like you just have to You just have to look at our bench at the minute. And, and see the sort of strength in depth. You know, Lyndon Dykes is injured. So, you know, it's Sinclair Armstrong, who's just, he's a kid, you know, he's, what, 18, 19. That's the situation we're in. And you're going to Southampton, who have Adam Armstrong up front. And if Che Adam goes, they might buy Ross Stewart and they might do this. And we're meant to be competing against teams like that. And like the business that Borough have done in the last sort of 24 hours and just, oh, we're going to go and face Lewis O'Brien and Tom Cannon. Are we great? Okay. It's just, but it's like that every week at the minute. And that's just the, the situation that we've worked ourselves into, unfortunately. You are setting it up perfectly for a shithouse QPR win at the weekend, <laughs> by the way. So thanks for that. <laughs> well, I hope so. It's like a, like a long journey on a train strike day. So I do hope so. Yeah, I, I want to talk about transfers, actually, because obviously we're coming to the end of the transfer window. I appreciate there's a little bit of time still left. But how would you assess the, the summer so far for QPR? He's done what he can do with the restrictions that he's got. The team has lacked voice and leadership for most of the last few years. Very sort of nice and quiet on the pitch, tend to get bullied, particularly in away games. Don't get a lot off referees and don't say a lot about it. 
Um, obviously, that's the opposite to what Gareth Ainsworth's Wickham was, which is mm. like just completely the opposite. So he's inherited a team that doesn't do well in adversity, doesn't recover from losing positions, tends to fold quite easily. Um, what he's been able to add to that is people like Steve Cook and Jack Colback, who the Forest fans spoke really highly of. And look, you know, they're old and they're limited players, but, you know, they've been been there and done it and they are kind of what we needed. We needed to solidify, particularly in the centre of defence and centre midfield and get a bit of leadership and voice and experience in there just to try and prevent what's happened in the last two seasons, which is when the going got tough, the team completely collapsed. We've been quite a slow team up until now. Um, so he's managed to try and do a little bit with that by signing Paul Smythe from Orient. And obviously involving Sinclair Armstrong, who is quick and is a handful. Like you'll see on Saturday, he's raw, but he's he's a handful. He's a lot of fun. So there's a bit of pace in the team. There's a bit more character and a bit of leadership about it. And I guess in the next 24 hours, let's see if he can do a loan or two with, with the headroom that we've got. He desperately wants another forward on loan. But obviously, they're quite expensive, even to loan. Desperately wants another right back. Um so we might be able to do a couple of little bits and pieces still. But the situation now is the same as it was at the start of the window. We desperately need a player sale for some serious money to clear some headroom to to do the rebuilding the team needs. And the only sort of three sellable assets we've got are Ilias Chair, who I just I'm amazed that nobody's picked Ilias Chair up from us with the money that like the money you could get him for at the moment with the state that we're in. I just can't believe that. Well, clubs like Borough, clubs like Leicester. Like, I'm amazed that nobody's taken a punt on him. Chris Willock, but he's only got a year left on his contract. He's had three hamstring injuries in the last 12 months and he doesn't look arsed, to be honest. So I think he's eyeing the free transfer market up next summer. And Sam Field, who's, who's all right and steady and you know got player of the year last year, but you're probably not going to get a lot of money for a midfielder that, that doesn't score or assist and gets booked a lot. Um, so those are your three sellable assets and really I think they thought that someone would come in for chair and they'd be able to do a little bit of business on the back of that and it hasn't happened so unless it happens in the next 24 hours and in pretty good time then it's probably going to be what we've got now and maybe a couple of loans yeah I was going to mention about Chris Willock and Ilias chair because I just wondered what the situation was with us two obviously Chris Willock has been linked with Borough but yeah like why why hasn't anyone picked them up I don't understand with chair. Just I just don't get it. All of his numbers and you know, in the trendy age of analytics, every chart you see of the championship, chair is there in the top ten for chances created and dribbles completed, and you know, all of his goals come from outside the box, which I know the XG evangelists don't particularly like, and he has missed some chances from inside the box. So maybe maybe you could hammer him with that. But I'm amazed that chair hasn't been picked up to be doing sort of the numbers that he's doing in the way that QPR have been playing over the last 18 months. I just think it's nuts that he's still here. Uh, Willett, like I say, has had three bad hamstring injuries. Hasn't really turned in a good or any way acceptable performance for us. Well, certainly this year, I'm trying to think of when the last one was. We probably have to go back to last October. Probably against um, us. <laughs> yeah, probably against you. Just like playing against Borough, doesn't it? He? he does, yeah. Um, but again, to the XG point, all his goals are from outside the box, which I know the analysts are always a little bit wary of. And look, I mean, let's be honest, like he's his contract's up at the end of the season. He's shown no inclination of signing a new one. Uh, his reps stroke his dad, perhaps, know know or think they know what he can fetch wage-wise as a free transfer next summer and it's just felt for ages and ages like they've just been lining that up 
so yeah, he just he's barely played this season. Ainsworth's not really having him, or not to this point anyway. So we'll see if that changes once the window closes. Um, yeah, chair. I'm surprised hasn't gone. Willock. I'm. I'm not really. So for Borough fans that haven't watched QPR in any capacity this season, what is your style of play under Gareth Ainsworth? It's completely changed. We've basically wasted the whole preseason. May as well write it off. <laughs> uh, it's like it's nuts. You were too busy getting pissed in Austria, though, weren't you? <laughs> that was good. That was a good trip. I enjoyed that. Um, <laughs> for all the for all the points, the, all the use it's done the players, like they may as well have been out with me. So, um, so. Back end of last season, it was really Ainsworth trying to do Wickham 2.0 at QPR, like zero possession, don't want the ball, don't want to pass it, get it down there. Uh, like we beat Burnley with 19% of the ball, I think, which you would kind of expect at Burnley. But some of the stuff, like Tim Irabunum played 67 minutes in midfield, central midfield for us at Burnley, and attempted one pass with a completion <laughs> record of 0%. Um <laughs> Jesus. And then you, you go you go a week later to Stoke, who were they lost as many home games as us last year, lost twelve at home, and we again we won the game, but we won it with twenty percent possession. And I was looking through on who scored at the marks, and it was like three, four, five, four, and I was like, that's really low for a team that's won actually won the game. And then I realised I was actually on passes attempted, and it's like <laughs> centre back in a one 0 win attempted four passes in ninety six minutes and stuff like that. <laughs> so he's gone through the summer sort of trying to do that again, turned up at Watford on the opening day. And I mean, that is what I thought we would look like this season. Just, I mean, we took the kickoff and we're losing within 25 seconds, which tells you something. We managed to give the ball away, a free kick away and a goal away from our kickoff in the first 25 seconds. 4-0 four nil, four nil down by half time. And it, look, if Watford hadn't called the dogs off and whatever then that could have been 8-9-0. We were just miles off it, wide open. Um, and Gareth came out afterwards and was like, we could have played the league champions there. Watford were amazing. I don't think Watford have won since, have they? Um, <laughs> so apparently, so what, the sto- what the story goes or whatever is that he was steaming into them after the game as you would after a 4-0 defeat and somebody or some bodies stood up and said, look, we cannot play like this. We're not Wickham. Like, you haven't got the players to play like that if we we don't change together if we don't if we keep doing this we're not gonna we're barely gonna win a point so gareth put his hands up basically said that had happened said that the players had spoken to him they then spent a week in training just completely switching the style went to cardiff played really well and won deserved to win and we've actually played pretty well in the game since then and been really unlucky we're so unlucky not to get anything at home to ipswich who obviously a decent team but like we hit the inside of both posts, their keeper was making all sorts of saves and you end up losing the game 1-0. I felt really sorry for Gareth and the boys there because I've been really critical of them. But God, they played well in that game, played very well at Cardiff and won and played really well at Southampton at the weekend and again missed two or three amazing chances when it was 1-1 to put us sort of 2-1 and 3-1 up while Russell Martin was doing his dance of a thousand passes. And I thought, so we're really unlucky with that. Also had a had a young referee on the fast track who was out of his depth in that fixture and basically gave us nothing all afternoon in front of like thirty thousand home fans. So very unlucky at Southampton. The other thing is we've had to start with all these away games because the pitch wasn't ready. I mean it's I mean it is a bit Fred Carno's oh. army. It is a bit Fred Carno's army at QPR because the Watford game was meant to be a home game. We had to switch it. 
So you've left Gareth starting with Watford away, Cardiff away, Southampton away, Middlesbrough away, and your only home game was Ipswich. So it's been like, you know, poor bastard. Um, but we've played it. We've played a lot better, a lot better, and it has at least been watchable. Um, but yeah, we've just got a hope. I think after the international break, the other thing they've done. Sorry to go on. I mean, it's just nonsense. We basically, we can't play longer than 60 minutes because, and follow this with me, we got loads and loads of muscle injuries last year. So to avoid muscle injuries this year, they've gone for a slow ramp up. This is their words, not mine. A slow ramp up of the fitness work. They've basically not done the usual fitness work in pre-season for fear of them getting muscle injuries. So at the moment, by their own admission, we're only fit enough to do about 60 minutes. So unless we're winning the game, by so much after 60 minutes that the opposition can't catch up, which to be fair is what happened at Cardiff, then we don't win the game, which for a team, <laughs> yeah. for a team that hasn't scored three goals in a game for nearly a year now is a hell of a pressure to put on a side. So what we've got to hope for is this, that they get fit and there's an international break coming up. They settle into this style and we've just got Colback in the team. Steve Cook, obviously, and Cook and Colback haven't played since January. They've come into the team and getting up to speed. We get a couple of the injuries back, Dunn, Dykes, Jake Clark-Salter. I mean, he's injured all the time. But, you know, in theory, we get Jake Clark-Salter back. You get a few of the players back. You don't get any more injuries. You get fit. And then September, we've got, I think we come back at home to Sunderland and at home to Swansea, two first games. Neither of them have started very well. Obviously, Swansea have lost Pirro. So, hopefully you might be able to start seeing the fruits of what, to be fair to them in the last three or four games, I think they have deserved a lot more than they've got. Where do you think the game is going to be won or, or lost then on Saturday? <laughs> well, probably between the 60th and the 90th minute when we're baggage. <laughs> <laughs> Blowing yeah, out your just, ass. Yeah, just it'll be, yeah, the like Homer Simpson boxing technique just let us punch you into, until we've got tired and then you can you can just walk all over us once we start bringing all the crash off the bench um uh I don't I don't know like the positives for us like Armstrong is a proper handful he's quick and aggressive and I wouldn't want to defend against him so he's he's potentially a match winner for us. Paul Smythe's playing really well. Ilias Chair's a good player. So we have got some good players and we have been playing all right in the last few games. So if, you know, if we start well, yeah, maybe, maybe. Coming from, like, coming from behind, is if you score first, that's basically the game. I think we've recovered. I think we've gone behind in 10 or 11 of Gareth's 14 or 15 games so far and we've got one point having done that. Um, so yeah, score first and you've won. Um, yeah, those, those are the sort of strengths about us. Like I say, we've looked better in the last two or three games. I'm, I'm really if they can reproduce the performance from Southampton at the weekend and take the chances when they come, then we've got a chance. Um, obviously, Borough like are still making signings and still settling in and haven't started very well. If you're going to play out from the back in the way that you did at West Brom, then we have got players like Chair and Armstrong and Smythe that can press and punish you for that sort of thing. So maybe there, like this is me in optimistic mode, which isn't like. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like you're powering a, a bit of a mess. Um, are, are there any players that Borough fans should be wary of? You mentioned Sinclair Armstrong there and Ilias Chair. Are there any more that are maybe the danger men? Yeah, those two, and like hopefully Dykes is meant to be back and fit. 
at Cardiff, they played him behind Armstrong, which seems counterintuitive to look at them, but actually worked really well. And it got Smith and Chair into the game and that, that sort of front four looked really good. So he might be fit for this weekend, which would be a big bonus to us. And yeah, other than the ones I've mentioned, you know, there, there isn't a lot coming for us, to be honest. But let, <laughs> let's see what, you know, let's let's see if we get any loans in tomorrow or, or yeah. We'd, if everybody's fit and we're playing like we played in the last couple of games, we're not, it's not a, too bad a start in 11. Um, but like no depth and, and very few goals in the team. Um it's it's a it's bleak times, honestly. I like it's it's so sad the way we've gone. Because I remember like coming to Middlesbrough a couple of years ago in August under Warburton, and like we got absolutely pasted in the first fifteen minutes. Came back, scored. Don't worry about it. Got a man sent off after half time. Went and won the game three two anyway. And you just said, oh, we're going to do it. This team's really good. And the way we've dropped off from then is just so sad. Yeah, it's it's crazy actually. I wasn't expecting that whatsoever. It is very. I know I mentioned peak championship earlier it, it is also a peak championship that a team can just collapse in the way that that you guys have but um moving on to the very exciting part of the pod predictions what <laughs> are you going for are you going to be optimistic Clive, no, or are you gonna no I'm, I'm the not I'm, the pod? I'm, yeah I'm probably not going to tell you because like, <laughs> I mean my predictions are always rubbish anyway and I'll probably put us down for a, a defeat in the pre like QPR are really even when we're good, we're really charitable to teams that are on a bit of a dodgy run or like some striker that hasn't scored. If you've got, if you've got a striker kicking around that hasn't scored for about eighty games, then uh, <laughs> then then give him a run on Saturday. I don't know. Like I said, the optimist the optimist in me is if we play like we did at Southampton, we got a chance. We got a real chance. Um, so I'm just fingers crossed that I come up there and see that team again rather than the, whatever that was at Watford <laughs> on the opening day. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think you know what my prediction is. Well, I'm going to go with 2-1 Borough because we seem to be conceding some awful goals that just we shouldn't be conceding. So we'll probably give you that, but I think we'll uh, end up edging the game 2-1. But brilliant, Clive. Uh, do you want to give Loft for Words a push? Where can people find you guys? Uh, yeah, if you want to come and commiserate and like read 6,000 words of misery every week, it's yeah at Loft for Words on all the usual socials and uh, loftforwords.co.uk. Um, yeah, come and yeah, come and have a look at our message board. It's like, uh, I don't know, it's like a really bad wake. <laughs> well, good stuff. I really enjoyed that. It was quite cathartic for you maybe but yeah if, if anyone's listening um to us and listen, watching on youtube sorry do get involved with the predictions as well drop a comment tweet us facebook us all that lovely stuff uh, we'll be back in your ears on sunday hopefully talking about a, a middlesbrough win but this was the borough breakdown podcast and that was all your opposition match day chatter in a pod up the borough breakdown <laughs>